Hey, what's going on? This is Billy Newman, and you're listening to the Billy Newman Photo Podcast. Appreciate you guys checking it out again. I wanted to, to touch in today and talk about a trip that I just uh, just finished up going on um, out to out to Central Oregon, over to the high desert area uh, in in Eastern Oregon. I guess it's Eastern Oregon, kind of over near the the Bend area. We went up to Smith Rock this uh, last week and did some camping out over there. Had a great time. It was uh, it was pretty nice. But we did the uh, the hike over there at Smith Rock, and uh, I guess I wanted to do just a, a kind of short podcast about <coughs> about the area over by. Uh, by Smith Rock, some of the hiking that you can do, and, uh, and some of the the trip and photo stuff that we were working on over there. But uh, but yeah, I had a great time heading over to Smith Rock. Took off for a pretty quick, easy weekend trip. You know what's great about uh, living here in Oregon on like the I five corridor is uh, you could just kind of jump over to Eastern Oregon over over the Cascade Pass, which is definitely a track and a drive. It's different than uh, than just being on the freeway, but uh, it's uh, pretty cool. Yeah, jumping over the highways and getting over kind of into the the backcountry and the Cascades, and then heading over over the pass and then down into the high desert area of, uh, of Eastern Oregon over there. So yeah, I went through Sisters, headed over to Terrebonne, and then uh, went into the Smith Rock State Park area. And really, man, the thing I, I guess I should say is, yeah, Smith Rock is just world-class camping or a hiking area. You really can't camp there. I guess you can kind of camp out in, in a tent. You can kind of bivouac there. Uh, I guess some of the rock climbers do that. But uh, there's also like another spot, the area we camped was this campground called Skull Hollow, which is about maybe five miles away or so. It's really not too too far of a drive, but yeah, hop in the car, go around the mountain, and then on the back side of that, you can uh, you can hang out and set up a camp. I think it's the the area we were at was uh, probably I guess I guess it's BLM. Maybe it's uh, like state forest or something still. Uh, but it was dispersed camping areas, so you can kind of drive up this road, pull out on the side, then kind of walk your tent over, and uh, you know just a couple of feet and set it up, hang out. It was all free, and yeah, you're just sitting out there in the uh, in the scrub of the the sagebrush, and on some lumpy ground. And I think there's like open range cattle that walk through there too. Other times we'd camp there in the past. I think Marina and I had had been there maybe years ago. And we had camped uh, just a couple spots out from the place that we were this weekend. We put up the tent, hung out there, had the car uh, parked there. And then uh, that morning we woke up in the tent. We could hear like a bunch of big footsteps around and sounds and animals. And we were thinking, oh, man, that's weird. And we unzipped the, the screen on the tent, looked outside, and we were surrounded by cows. Pretty wild. <laughs> so, yeah, the, I don't know. The cows, uh, cows just kind of walked through in their little group during the night or during the morning. And uh, ended up in the acreage around where we were. Yeah, kind of cool about open range cattle and stuff. But it was fun hanging out over there. Um, yeah, checking out the Skull Hollow campground was cool. Get our, our camp set up over there was cool. Had a couple tents going. And uh, yeah, uh, took off, uh, went over to Smith Rock, did the, the hiking trip over there. That was pretty cool. That's where we did some of our photo stuff. Most of the hike was like kind of a uh, just a cool afternoon hike. It's really a great one because it's, it's a couple miles. It's definitely challenging. If you're not super used to hiking... Um, yeah, you, you you could do it, but you could kind of, you should try, train train up for it a little bit, or not train up for it, but you know, get ready. I got I don't know, I blistered up my feet. I got some hot spots and stuff. So it's it's like maybe is it three miles, four miles? I'm not sure. It takes about four hours or so if you kind of taking like an average sort of mellow pace through it. But it's cool. You know, like the lower part, you know, goes around like the Crooked River. Maybe it's only two hours. I don't know. <laughs> but 
Uh, we went around the lower part, around the Crooked River, uh, which is really cool. How how the the way that the area was formed is really like if you kind of look at it from the outside, maybe the ranch land that's all surrounding it is is pretty high, or it's higher in elevation. It's just kind of this this flatter area, and then it comes up to the Crooked River, where it drops off into this rim rock canyon, and then Smith Rock is is the volcanic. Uh, remnant that's been left there as the erosion of the river is kind of wrapped by it and, and pulled away all the sediment that was there that would just kind of make it look like an average boring hillside and so now you have these uh these really exposed like uh, i don't know vivid kind of crisp volcanic rocks that are uh, you know, just alien to the activity that we see in erosion commonly across the earth here so smith rock yeah pretty cool uh, pretty unique kind of spot to go hike around at um, but yeah really fun to, to kind of jump in there really interesting kind of spot to be um yeah i did the hike around the crooked river side up to the the back side where like monkey faces that was really cool we went with a couple of people that hadn't been there before so we got to kind of show them that that area for the first time and then yeah monkey face is such a cool phenomenon because really when you come around that corner it does anthropomorphic is it anthropomorphically? I guess it's animal. Yeah, anthropomorphically look like and like a. Oh, that's when you make an animal a person, right? When is it when you make a rock an animal? Hmm. <laughs> I don't know that word, but uh, it looks like a monkey. It just looks like a monkey's face. That's why it's called monkey face. No way. So, um, so yeah, we uh, hiked around that spire of monkey face and started going up. The Misery Ridge Trail. It's just a bunch of switchbacks to kind of get you up in elevation to get you to the top of the uh, the Smith Rock rock there. And, uh, yeah, walked around the top there for a bit and then hiked down the back side of it. Uh, yeah, really cool spot to, to check out over on the Smith Rock side. There's a bunch of other uh, camping and hiking and stuff you can kind of do there other than just the, the top over loop of the trail. But there's, uh, there's other trails that kind of go around the east side of the park that's got some really cool stuff and then we're just talking about hiking and taking pictures and stuff a little bit so far but really the cool thing there is all the rock climbing stuff that you do all the the sport climbing that goes on and uh, and i think that's really cool we, there's there's a there's really a lot more hikers there today than there were um than there were sport climbers there's there's definitely like a handful of people that were out there but i didn't see <clears throat> and it's probably because the conditions were i think scheduled to be pretty bad like uh I think it's supposed to be raining a lot of the day, so I don't think a lot of people probably set up their uh, their rock climbing rigs for a day in the rain. But um, but I've definitely seen people there in, in really odd times of the year, like uh, you know, super early March, middle of the winter, um, early April, and stuff. Maybe there's better times of the year to uh, to do some of the, the types of climbs and stuff. But yeah, I was I was hoping to find some people doing like a multi pitch climb. I remember seeing that a couple of years ago on one of the surfaces where you're just thinking like, wow, those people are hundreds of feet up. That means they like, they had to bring the rope up once and then pull it all up and then lead climb it again. And then like belay each other. It's just like, wow, how do you do that? That's so wild. So yeah, really scary, uh, kind of interesting stuff, how they do all the, uh, all the rock climbing stuff. But, uh, but man, I wish I, I wish I knew a little bit more about it. I got into it kind of, um, what it, I don't know. It's, it, I guess it'd be like gym sport climbing for weeks, not not months even. And uh, it's fun. It's fun to check out, fun to learn about. But man, like being on the rock over at Smith Rock is a lot different. I got to go climb over there one time years ago, and just like getting on the rock and trying to like feel out the routes and stuff is so much different than kind of going for that hold on the wall and the, and the rock gym and stuff. It was just really interesting, kind of getting that experience of being hot and cold and having all your like outdoor gear on and stuff and you know you're just kind of exposed to the wind and the elements and stuff and then you're also trying to like pull up this pull up this mountainside too at the same time so it's kind of fun it's uh it's cool getting used to 
I don't know, trying to rock climb stuff, but, uh, but man, yeah, interesting, uh, doing the climb and being belayed and, uh, and doing all that stuff. But as photo stuff goes, we did a couple, a couple 360 things. That was kind of cool going over to Smith Rock and shooting. I've been trying to get into some 360 photo work where, um, I, last year we did like a lot of, uh, a lot of video clips, which is really cool. I really like those, uh, those stock video clips that we produced in a lot of places. And we, and we shot a ton of photos too, which is awesome. But, uh, but now I'm also trying to get into, um, a bunch of, uh, a bunch of pieces where we can, well, I want to try and get the, f I want to try and get like collections of photos. And then I'm start starting to learn about where you can put these in like virtual tours. So you can put maybe four or five or I don't know, whatever it would take, you know, but you, you kind of go to the specific spots in a, in a location or something. And then you, uh, you get the 360 photograph and then you can kind of, uh, piece those together as a tour so you can go from one 360 to the next 360 and sort of this immersion well so i'm uh, trying to check that out trying to learn about if uh, if that'll work for me very well but uh but yeah i'm trying to do some 360 photo stuff where uh, yeah you take the photo then you pull it into affinity photo that's another program um, i'm using it on the mac right now i think it's available on pc as well it's sort of a photoshop competitor you can buy it outright i think for maybe 79 dollars or something like that it's it's really not as expensive as the the creative cloud purchases for a uh, continuation but the reason i guess i bring up affinity photos it's kind of noted as one of the better tools right now to project your stitched 360 photo as an equirectilinear equi projection uh, in the program and then you can still use the editing programs in the program so um so like um, i guess like the new final cut pro has an ability to to project the 360 photograph uh while you're editing it so you could add in new materials to it like um, i don't know like just plates of information that'll stay up in the 360 space that you're at as you move through it. It's interesting how it is. You can kind of stitch things into the fabric of the scene uh, within Final Cut in the video, and you can heal your nadir point. So at the base of you is your nadir, at the top of you is your zenith point. So at the, at the nadir point in a 360 photograph is where that tripod is gonna be or where you are gonna be, you know, the photographer is gonna be below it sort of a thing. So, um, so that's kind of a, I don't know, an interesting part of it where you got to kind of go through, and I guess this is what Affinity is for, is you open up the photo after it's stitched, you open it in Affinity, and then you can go down and heal out the the base there where your tripod was or where um, the person was that was taking the picture, and then you can have this kind of full uh, 360 photograph without kind of a, a block at the bottom that's, uh, that's just a couple people. So, yeah, it's kind of cool. So I'm trying to open it up in Affinity and do a couple color adjustments to it, which is cool that you can go through and do, um, do kind of like post- color correction stuff to uh, some of the photographs. You can kind of do that with the 360 video, but you also kind of can't do it with the 360 video as well. You can kind of add some, well, you can add color correction like you can in, in Final Cut, but it's, it's really not the same as photo editing, I guess, you know, obviously. But it's kind of cool. We've been having a good time trying to edit together those uh, those 360 photos. I'm trying to go through a bunch of the photos that I had taken last year as well and put those together. And I hope to, well, I don't know, what is it? Um, what is that 361? Oh, it's skipping my mind right now. There's like this uh, 360 VR. I think it's VR, VR. And uh, it's sort of like a YouTube channel for 360 videos and stuff. YouTube also takes 360s as well as a bunch of other places. But uh, it's yeah, it's kind of a cool uh, little photo and uh, video sharing site for 360 content um, and, and social networking app and all that you know kind of stuff. But uh, but yeah, but I put some stuff up there, and that's where kind of people that are specifically interested in, in looking at uh, 360 images and content would go. Um, but yeah, it's a smaller site. It's kind of fun. 
So, yeah, 360 stuff, uh, some photo stuff. had the Canon equipment out there. I was trying to take some landscape photos. It was cool. Um, the, the, the weekend weather was, I think like I had mentioned, there was kind of a forecast to rain. Uh, really, that was like some thunderstorms that were blowing across the Cascades. I think there was just a bigger weather system overall this weekend. Uh, not to mention the Perseids, which I should get back to on another podcast. That was probably this, but they got kind of clouded out for me. Shoot, I want to see some meteor showers. So, uh, <laughs> not talking about the Perseids, but uh, I guess kind of going back. Um, oh, I don't know, just the camping stuff. It was cool. We were really happy that we got to go out and uh, and do the camping stuff. Um, sorry that we didn't get to see the Perseids, but uh, I don't know. I guess we're camping out and stuff, so that was pretty cool. It was thunderstorms that rolled over the Cascades, and uh, then we had these big thunderheads. And we were really fortunate that I guess the big system, which I looked really active. I, I pulled up the weather map on uh, on Dark Sky, the, the weather app that I have on my phone. And you can see just this big red hot spot, maybe 25 miles or 30 miles to the northeast of us. Uh, and it, I don't know, it's probably just, you know, a ton of rain, a ton of hail, a ton of lightning. So really glad we didn't get uh, wiped over by that. That's pretty cool. But uh, but really, yeah, it was, it was a cool kind of textured night where uh, there's just a lot of clouds and uh, like a lot of kind of uh, thunderstorms and stuff. It's cool that the, the airplanes are kind of coming in real low they had to go around around this huge thunderstorm system so they were coming in real low and kind of making these uh, sort of strange uh routes but it's just kind of fun to see that i remember seeing that a couple other times in the past when uh, thunderstorms would come in and, and airlines would have to take uh, just these kind of big alternate routes to get around those uh, those thunderstorm cells uh so that was kind of kind of cool checking out we were taking pictures of it as the sun was going down there's a rainbow kind of right as the evening was coming coming to a close over our camp so that was pretty fun got some cool pictures of that and that's what I love. I love that that time of uh, a day, or you know, right at the end of the day. There's a certain type of lighting effect that happens when there's really like mostly clouds over the sky, but right as the evening, the the western sky has a gap where it's clear, and the sun is able to shine through that pocket there, and you get a lot of light that bounces back between the cloud surface above you and the ground below you, uh, where you're kind of in this little pocket where it just sort of it sort of um, reflects against itself but you get this kind of warmer sort of diffused tone around everything kind of changes the way the shadows are it's different than overcast you know where you 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 get a diffusion of the shadows but this one you get a really crisp kind of saturated quality to the light and it's a lot better than i think the um the softer sort of white light that you get in the diffused circumstances of uh of overcast days but yeah you get a lot of cool kind of rich contrast in those landscape photos with that kind of lighting condition sort of during that golden hour time with the right kind of cloud effect and stuff really beautiful really soft uh, kind of easy to expose for photography kind of light so yeah beautiful spot to be uh, really kind of surreal colorful looking uh, location and evening and, and yeah fun hanging out watching the thunderstorms camping out getting rained on <laughs> maybe getting hailed on a little bit uh, all part of the experience of, of being outside being in eastern oregon definitely got a little sunburn uh, sore all the rest of it. But, uh, but yeah, good going out and, and camping out and stuff. Thanks a lot for listening to this episode of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast. Appreciate you guys tuning in, checking it out again, and listening to me talk for a little while about, what was it, photos in Eastern Oregon at Smith Rock. Appreciate it. Talk to you again soon.